is a privilege to greet you in the name of Jesus Christ. Since today is a special day of singing for this congregation, I want to uh, draw our, our thoughts to, to singing uh, in the message this morning. And uh, <clears throat> focusing particularly on one psalm. You know, probably too often what happens in our humanness and, and the things that can distract us as we live in, in this old world, we, we think of the Psalms or we read a Psalm or we read the Psalms and we see them as some kind of elevated devotional thoughts or something. And... Uh, and, and we, we, we just say, well, that, that's, that's, pu- that's beautiful, you know, that, that's neat how that says that or something, you know, and, and we go on our way. Rather than looking at them and saying, this is what the Bible says, this is God's word, and we should learn from it in specific ways to apply to our hearts and lives. So what I'm, what I'm sharing this morning is this, singing according to Psalm 96. You may open your Bibles to Psalm 96. Singing according to Psalm 96. Along with some other things, we will see in this psalm what to sing. We will see why we should sing, and we will see how to sing, and a few other things, as I said already, included. Let me read, and you follow along as I read the 13 verses of Psalm 96 here to begin with. Oh, sing unto the Lord. A new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Sing unto the Lord. Bless his name. Show forth his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the heathen. His wonders among all people. For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the nations are idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Give Unto the Lord, O ye kindred of the people, give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before him all the earth. 
say among the heathen that the Lord reigneth. The world also shall be established that it shall not be moved. He shall judge the people righteously. Let the heavens rejoice and let the earth be glad. Let the sea roar and the fullness thereof. Let the field be joyful and all that is therein. Then shall all the trees of the wood rejoice before the Lord. For he cometh, for he cometh to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness and the people with his truth. One thing I, I don't think I did is count how many times it says unto the Lord, unto the Lord. I, in fact, I think I did actually mark them, but I, I didn't, I don't have the number and you don't have to count them right now necessarily. Uh, <clears throat> but unto the Lord, unto the Lord, unto the Lord, give unto the Lord, <clears throat> sing unto the Lord, give unto the Lord. You know, it's, it's there various times. <clears throat> Um, that in itself is telling us where our song should be directed to, who our song should be directed to, unto the Lord. All sing unto the Lord. So just a couple things about singing in in general as we find in the Bible. Uh, The thing of, of music in one shape or form, music in general, is uh, mentioned in the scriptures well over 300 times. Now the thing of of singing, and not just singing in general, but I'm talking about more like the command to sing, such as, oh, sing. Okay? Something like that, which we would say is a command, or or where that, that idea is alluded to, that yes, we definitely should sing, where it's alluded to, Those kind of thoughts, that that statement of command or its illusion is is in the scriptures well over 100 times. I believe uh, from one time when I counted, it was more like 120-something times. Well, um, you know, if if God said it one time, that should be enough. If he said it uh, 120 times, that should be enough also. To get, to get my attention and yours both. All <clears throat> sing unto the Lord. Uh, but the first idea beyond that in that first line of this psalm is a new song. Sing unto the Lord a new song. Uh, let, let's, let's think about and talk about that a little bit. The word new. The word new. <clears throat> In the scriptures, all of the scriptures, wherever you have the word new used to speak about something, a change in someone's heart for the better, for the Lord, uh, something that, uh, that has happened to make a, a person's heart different and, and, and more toward God or new, the word new is used in that way in the scriptures 24 times. 
Of course, one, uh, sometimes it's new song, as we have here in this very first line of this psalm. Uh, we have a new heart in the Bible. We have a new man. We have recorded a new creature or a new creation. So get what I mean. Whenever the word new is used indicating a, re a redemption, a redeemed person, it's used 24 times in the Bible. Do you know how many of those times, those phrases with the word new in it, how many of them say new song of those 24? Nine of them. Over one third is sing a new song or put a new song in my heart or in my mouth. Over one-third say new song. Now that's significant. That's interesting. That out of the redeemed heart, a new song will come and should come and must come. And so the psalmist said, under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, sing unto the Lord a new song. <clears throat> what does it mean by a new song? It, 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 can, it can be just what Claudia Esch did. She wrote a new song. It could be that, of course. But we don't have to be a, a word wizard or something to be included here. Um, from a new heart. From a new person. Fresh. We can sing an old song and it can have fresh meaning because it's what God is doing in our hearts. From new affections. Not from the old man, but from a new man that's been transformed by Jesus Christ. That's a new song. All of that could be included in a new song. Let's look at one other thing. And that is even before the word new song in this first line of this psalm. And that is the word Lord. I already said it. It says a number of times, unto the Lord. But the word Lord, capital L-O-R-D, is in this little psalm 11 times. And his personal pronoun, like he, him, and his, is in this psalm 15 times. So what is that? 26 times in, in this, these 13 verses, 26 times the Lord is named. The Lord is mentioned. The Lord is referred to. The Lord Jehovah, capital L-O-R-D. The great I am, the eternal one. <coughs> and our song, and our song, and the song of the psalmist was directed toward him. All of the earth. The first verse ends with all of the earth. <clears throat> all peoples everywhere. All lands. All world. All the world. All nations. That's what it means. <clears throat> well, as we look at verses 2 and 3, we can see what we should sing. What we should sing. It's in verses 2 and 3. <clears throat> sing unto the Lord. 
And here the list begins. I'm suggesting four things as to what we should sing. Bless his name, there's one, or praise. In the King James it's bless, in the NIV it's praise his name. So our song should be a song of praise. Our song, our song should include songs of praise and blessing. Next in the list of four, should show his salvation. Should emphasize his salvation. Show forth his salvation from day to day. Next, number three, declare his glory among the heathen. His glory. I would suggest that means, you know, uh, declare uh, his character or, or who he is. And we have beautiful songs that, that do that. We have wonderful songs that do all, all these things and many more besides, of course. And then the fourth thing, and his wonders among the people. And that means his deeds, the things that he specifically does or has done or will do, his deeds, his wonders, his, his miraculous deeds. That's what we should sing. His praise, his salvation, his glory or his character, and his deeds. I'm suggesting in the next couple of verses, verses 4 and 5, why we should sing. Why we should sing. Well, as you can see, both verse 4 and 5 begin with the word for. Do this, do this, why? For, for this is why. For this is the reason. So, <laughs> why should we sing? Look at verses 4 and 5. For the Lord is great. That's why we should sing. And greatly to be praised. That's why we should sing. He is to be feared above all gods. <laughs> yes, that's why we should sing to him and about him. For the, all the gods of the nations are idols. But this Lord that we're talking about, the Lord made the heavens. That's why we should sing. For great is the Lord. <laughs> well, why don't we just sing right now uh, that, uh, that's, that song we sing? It's... Um, <clears throat> It's the first two verses of Psalm 48, and you don't need to turn there because most of you know this by heart. But if, you, if for some reason you don't know that, uh, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. If you don't know that, you can turn there, but you don't need to, most of you. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. The first two verses of Psalm 48. <laughs> la, la. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God. situation, the joy of the Lord. Is Mount Zion on the sides of the north, the city of the great king. 
So verses 4 and 5, they begin with the word for. That's why we should sing. Now, um, uh, verse 6 is included too, okay? Let's look at verse 6 yet. Why should we sing? Well, honor and majesty are before him. That's why we should sing. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. That's why we should sing. Let's look then at verses 7 and 8. 7 to 9, actually. Verses 7 to 9. How should we sing? Well, you'll find out here in verses 7 to 9. How should we sing? (laughs) Verse 7. Give unto the Lord, O ye kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. That's how we should sing in your song. You you know... There's two ways to do that. The one is by the sound coming out of one's mouth, and the other is by the thought coming out of one's heart. How sad it would be just to make the sound and forget about the thought. You know? <laughs> but both are important, you know. But we have all these commands in the Bible to sing, and some would say, well, uh, I just like to think about God. You know, I just like to think, you know, but, but the Bible says to sing. It wasn't my idea. <laughs> it was God's idea, and he did it for a purpose. He said sing. <clears throat> so how? Again, verse 7, given to the Lord. Uh, given to the Lord glory and strength. In our song, we should be giving him glory and the strength that is his. Verse 8, given to the Lord the glory due unto his name. Wow. And right there is where in our humanness, we're going to fall short. Now, God knows our limitations. God made us as human beings. And God knows our limitations. And so we can, we can do that, um, the glory due unto his name. We can try our best, and, and if we're trying our best to give him the glory due unto his name, I'm sure God will, will honor that. Because I said it a couple times already, he knows our limitations. He knows we can only do so much. But... Uh, <clears throat> Try your best when you sing, when you live in your life that we're giving him the glory due unto his name. Uh, maybe one day on the other side, when we have get rid of these old human bodies, then we can really give the glory due unto his name. <laughs> we'll have something beyond what we have now. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Um, Sandwiched in between uh, the thought in the next verse, verse 9, is this phrase at the end of verse 8, bring an offering and come into his courts. 
it, it's so much to think about and say here. Let me read verse 9, and, and, and we'll talk about verse 9, and then we've got to talk about the end of verse 8. Verse 9, O worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. He's suggesting for worship here, he, he, the, the theme is, is that of singing. He says singing in various times, you know, at the beginning. And so we're thinking about singing. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. L let me just talk about that, and then we'll look at the, at the end of verse 8. So you older ones realize that we grew up here uh, with uh, Life Songs number 2. And that song is in that book, probably the, the first time it was published in a, in a Mennonite song book. Uh, oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, in the beauty of holiness, in the beauty of holiness. And then, then the soprano and alto sing the verses, and, and then the men come in for the end of the song. We go back and sing it. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness, in the beauty of holiness, in the beauty of holiness. And I confess as a young person, <clears throat> I didn't think about what, what that was saying. You know, you say in the beauty of holiness so many times in that song that after a while you just kind of said it and just kind of rolled off your lips, you know. And, and I, I, I didn't think about what I'm saying. It says right here in verse 9, it's suggesting to us that holiness, worshiping God, being holy, is beautiful to God. And when you pretend you're worshiping God and are not holy inside, it has to be the opposite of beautiful to him. To be... Like, like we're putting on a show to people, we're trying to, to act just right and look just right, at least in the, in, the, in the eyes of people, but inside something else is going on. The psalmist, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, said, worship, Oh, worship the Lord in holiness, and that's beautiful, in the beauty of holiness. And so, uh, we don't have that song in the Mennonite hymnal, but some of you have it in your songs uh, back home. And so the next time you sing that, be sure you think about what you're singing. That holiness is beautiful to God to whom we are worshiping. Um, <clears throat> the end of verse 8. We're talking about singing here. We're talking about worshiping God with our, with our lips. And, 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 he, and it uses the... the I, I doubt if he probably meant... I doubt if he had in mind as he was saying these things and the Holy Spirit was giving these words to, to share. He probably didn't all of a sudden mean to, to turn and, and go kill a lamb and bring it to the temple and display it on the altar there. Um, bring an offering and come into his courts. So we need to look at two other verses. This won't take but a, a few moments. And so let, let's look at um, Hebrews 13, 15. 
Hebrews 13, 15. And then we will look at a verse in another psalm. Hebrews 13, 15 says this. Hebrews 13, 15. By him, and by him, the him is Jesus Christ, who has been spoken of in the verses before. By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. Sacrifice. He said in Psalm 96, I just read, bring an offering. Bring an offering or a sacrifice. Verse 15 says here in Hebrews 13, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. The sacrifice of praise. Again, I doubt if he's talking about a dead lamb on an altar. He's talking about something else, and we'll look at a verse in another psalm just momentarily. Bring an offer the sacrifice of praise. Of praise. Now, with that in mind, Psalm 27, verse 6. Psalm 27, verse 6. <clears throat> Psalm 27, 6. And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore... Will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy? I will sing. Yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. Wow, that's beautiful. That's what he's talking about. Sacrifices of joy. I will sing. I will sing praises. Now back to 96, Psalm 96, and the end of verse 8. Bring an offering and come into his courts. I suspect he's talking about an offering of song, an offering of holiness, an offering of of song, a a sacrifice of praise uh, that we looked at in Hebrews. Bring an offering and come into his courts. I will sing. I will sing. Yes, I will sing. Now, We must move on. Um, I don't think we'll take time to sing it this morning, but we could turn in our songbooks um, to uh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. I said the one from uh, that we used to sing in Life Songs number two is not in our books, but but I believe it's one hundred thirty-nine. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Um, and uh, that could be your homework if you're not familiar with that song. But there, there it's taken from here, I'm sure, part of it at least. <clears throat> Let's look then at the verses to follow here. Verse 10, say among the heathen that the Lord reigneth. Now, <clears throat> in all that we have looked at already in this psalm, you know, the, the fact that the Lord is in charge, the Lord reigned, the Lord made, the Lord created. We're, we're, we're singing to him uh, of his wonderful works, for one thing. We're singing of him, of his glory, to him of his glory and of his, uh, of his deeds, his miraculous deeds. 
And we're acknowledging in all that the, the Lord is reigning. The Lord has reigned. The Lord is reigning. The Lord created. The Lord is keeping things under control. So verse 10, say among the heathen that the Lord reigneth. The world also shall be established that it shall not be moved. L let me stop there. As you see, that the end of verse 10 talks about judging righteously. And that same theme is carried on in the very last verse, verse 13. But, but the first part of verse 10. That the world, the world shall also shall be established that it shall not be moved. And moved means shaken. That the, <clears throat> the world shall be established that it shall not be shaken. Do I need to tell you that we are living in very shaky times? And I don't need to make a list of the unfortunate things, the difficult things, the unfortunate things, the sinful things that are happening all across our earth today and in the last months and in the last years. From the people's lives that they are living and to the to the financial crisis, uh, to, to the wars, and so forth and so on. You can make a long list. I'll, I'll stop at that. I'm saying we're living <coughs> in shaky times, very shaky times. Only God knows the future. Well, the psalmist said here, say among the heathen that the Lord is in charge, the Lord reigneth. The world also shall be established. It's shaky now. Yes, it's shaky now, but it won't always be. There will come a day when even in all these physical things, these sinful things, these difficult thought th things around the globe, our Lord will put an end to it and will establish things, will settle things, will... We'll, we'll, Fix things so that they won't be shaky anymore. The world also shall be established that it shall not be moved or it shall not be shaken. Let's look at verses 11 and 12 and then, then we'll talk, we'll end up by this thing of, of judging righteously at the end of verse 10 and in verse 13. Well, you know, from reading in the scriptures, various places, it speaks of, as it were, creation. Something other than humans, something other than humans praising God also. And here we have it in verses 11 and 12. In fact, I, I counted them, and you can count them too as I'm reading, but I'm suggesting that, that he, he, he mentioned seven different parts of creation about the natural world. Seven different things of the natural world that he's suggesting should, should praise God. And just the fact that it's doing its thing, it's being what God wanted it to be, it, it's doing what God created it to do, it is what God created it to do, that in itself is testifying to the greatness of God. 
And so in various places in the scripture, we have something like this about nature, as it were, crying out in praise to God. So verse 11 and 12, let the heavens rejoice. That list of seven, there's one, the heavens. Let the earth be glad. There's another one. Let the sea roar. There's another one. And the fullness thereof, all the millions of living things, uh, fishes and all kinds of creatures in the sea. That's another one. The fullness thereof. Let the field be joyful. That's another one. And all that is therein, all the animals. That's another one. That's six. And then it ends with number seven, the trees. Then shall all the trees of the wood rejoice before the Lord. It's like the psalmist is saying, you know, I'm speaking to human beings. I'm speaking to you, my reader. This is what we should do. I, I, I mean, nature is already doing it. <laughs> Just let it continue. And let the things of nature speak to you and encourage you in singing unto the Lord. Verses 11 and 12. Now, the end of verse 10 about righteous judgment in, in verse 13. So I, I confess that years ago when I would read uh, Psalm 96 and uh, Psalm 98, uh, as you see right there, ends in, in kind of the same way about this judgment, about this judge and about this judgment. It would come to me now, 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 why, after such a beautiful psalm about praising God and singing, why does he have to bring in this thing of judgment? Until one day, God helped me see that, well, well Nathan, I mean, um, at the end of time and at the end of your life and at the end of things, uh, who do you want to be the judge? <laughs> I mean, won't you be glad for a righteous judge and a judge that judges in truth? And isn't that something to sing about? <laughs> that we have this hope, we have this assurance, and we can sing about it now that one day we will be judged righteously and not unrighteously, that we will be judged in truth and not according to a lie? And, 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 it's came, and it kind of came, well, wow, why didn't I think of all that earlier? <clears throat> so um, the end of verse 10, he, this Lord, this great Lord that's been mentioned, what, 26 times in here uh, in the whole psalm, uh, he shall judge the people righteously. And notice it just didn't, it doesn't just say he shall judge. He shall be the judge. No, it says the truth goes all the way. He shall judge the people righteously. And that's who I want to judge me and to judge you in the judgment day. Someone that will judge righteously. So then, verse 13. For he cometh. For he cometh to judge the earth. And again, it doesn't stop there, you see. It's going to explain it. He shall judge the world with righteousness. 
and the people with its truth. I'm suggesting that those last two phrases in, in verse 13 are saying some, about the same thing, that they're parallel language, parallel thought. You know, the, the, he's just saying the same thing in two ways. When he says he shall judge the world, I, I doubt if he's talking about the, the natural world. He's talking about the world of people. He shall judge the world with righteousness. Did he say that in verse 10 already? Yes, he did. And then he says it again in different words, but saying basically the same thing. He shall judge the people with his truth. <laughs> in light of that, we just have to go back to the beginning of the psalm. Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth, including nature. Uh, sing unto the Lord. Praise his name. That's who... We have to serve. That's the privilege we have. Show forth his salvation from day to day. Bless his name. Show his salvation. Declare his glory, his character among the heathen, his deeds among the people. And, and that person, that Jesus, that, that Lord, will judge us in truth and righteousness one day. Thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. As we go from this place... Uh, Think about what it says about what we should sing and why we should sing and how we should sing. May it be a blessing to you as, as much as it has been to me. And may our singing today uh, be parallel to those thoughts. So let's, if the song leader would come and lead us in a closing song at this time.